Well, it's read, it's recording. Got it? Got it. Good. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, it's a brand new podcast. What up, Daniel? How's it going? Good. We are <laughs> cheesy, but we are, uh, this is on the table talk. And so the idea for this podcast, cause you just asked and I feel like that is fair to ask. What's the point of this podcast? Um, is to have some of the dialogues around the table that we often have that some people don't get to enjoy right now because they're not allowed to be at the same table. So if this keeps going after the time of COVID, awesome. Great. If it's four conversations, then they lift this ban. Great. So cool. But I'm here with you, Daniel DeHoes. I'm drinking coffee. What am I drinking? Uh, this is a, a fun fact, little known fact about you is you're a coffee genius. I try to be. But I do love coffee. Uh, this is a Brazilian coffee from two different places. Um, it's farmed from a Peixoto farm in Brazil. Um, they have a local um, import and coffee shop uh, in downtown Chandler. Um, Peixoto Coffee, of course, named after the family farm. Um, but roasted by <clears throat> a startup coffee in downtown Mesa called Pear Cupworks. Uh, which is Kim Ha and his girlfriend, Eugenia. Eugenia. Um, and they serve up fantastic coffees. Are they selling it online at these this point? or They are. Oh. They're selling it online. Uh, delivery, hand delivery by Kim himself. Or you could get it shipped if you'd like a non-contact If you'd, if you'd like a stranger to deliver it rather than a person you know. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So he hand delivered this coffee personally. So. Well, you did a good job brewing it. Thanks. It's quite tasty. Yep. Um, Punching the numbers and it's good to go. Punching the numbers? Yeah. You can't just brew coffee willy nilly. You got to do this, that, and then it's good. No willy nilly. This, that, then it's good. Right. I don't need to go to barista school. Nope. Uh, But today, conversation, wanted to talk to you, uh, maybe two parts, because you don't know what you're talking about before you actually sat down, which makes this fun. Uh, One part, um, what made you want to become a barber? So barber is an interesting occupation, and I think you have some thoughts on why you did it. Uh, and secondly, how is this season um, affecting you as a local entrepreneur, small business owner, a barber, uh, about to be a father? You got a lot going on. Lots going on. And you make coffee. But uh, no, so go back, tell me the story, tell our friends the story. Why are you a barber? Where'd that start? Oh boy. Uh, it started when I was a teenager, just shortly before I could get a quote unquote real job. Um, I used to sweep hair in a small town in North Texas. Um, so I would sweep hair, clean the barber chair, fold the towels, uh, do all the little work behind the scenes. Um, basically everything, but cut hair. Um, he even made me sweep the sidewalk from time to time, which thinking about it was a little crazy, but because there was hair on the sidewalk? Apparently it attracted customers because people turned their heads and looked as to why someone was sweeping the sidewalk. Oh, incredible. So you were like a billboard boy before there was billboards. You just right. used Right. It was room. basically his only marketing, which actually worked out pretty good. Um, so my first exposure to the barbershop um, and the community that's formed in there that happens to be pretty unique, um, especially now... Um, was then, and then I ended up getting a job at a grocery store because I needed a real job. But um, that was my first exposure to the barbershop um, and the barber and what that stands for in a community 
um, as it forms a unique community in its little pocket of a city or neighborhood. Um, eventually moved on to college, uh, got a bachelor's in elementary education and was an elementary teacher and uh, student ministry pastor, I guess, leader, whatever that means, um, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And then moved to Utah and then got into barbering um, shortly after that. Um, then moved to Mesa, Arizona here to work. Um, then eventually opened Fritz's Barbershop um, about a year and a half after living in Mesa. Um, yeah. So let me pull you back just a second. Yep. What was it about barbering that attracted you? You said, like, you said the way that it... Uh, formed in the culture or formed in like, like what that brought, like, what was it that said, Hey, I want to do that and not teach other people's regrets. Like, cause you had a season when you were an elementary school teacher mm-hmm. doing elementary ed and you said not so much, uh, a little bit stronger draw toward the art of barbering. Mm-hmm. What was, uh, what was it that drew you into that? What was it about that culture that you especially liked or felt drawn to? Um, the barbershop has a as a way of creating a community that has no boundaries, no prerequisites, other than that you just need a haircut. Um, so it has a unique way of drawing people from every little pocket or big pocket of a of a community, a city, or even just a, a smaller form as far as a neighborhood. Um, so you go into the barbershop, you never know who you're going to see. Um, you could be getting a haircut or sitting on the bench waiting for a haircut by someone that you would totally agree with in every aspect of your life. Yet, in this one particular place, um, you're formed together in conversation and experience and, um, yeah, joined together in creating this little community. So it's safe to say it's more than the hair? Yeah, it's way more than the hair. Um I mean, I enjoy the, the art and the science and the, the skill that goes into actually manipulating and cultivating hair. Um, but to me, it's always been about the people um, and investing in their lives and their families and having this opportunity to form as a business owner um, a unique community that you won't find really anywhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what attracts me to, to barbering is... Obviously, I enjoy the craft, but the unique community that gathers inside of a barbershop on any given day. So then you could have put your community anywhere. Your little barbershop community could have been anywhere. The East Valley is kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you choose where you're at, uh, your specific location? What was tiny in there? Um, so, yeah, we're located in downtown Mesa, uh, which is what they call the historic district. Um, it's just the oldest part of Mesa. Um, and it's a place that has been looked over for a couple decades now. And then in recent, I would say even within the last two, two and a half years, um, seeing a draw from young entrepreneurs or wanting to start business owners, wanting to start businesses, um, to see a pocket of the city that's been forgotten about and being, um, more or less um, revitalized and brought a breath of fresh air. Um, And particularly with me, um, it was an area of the city that I knew um, 
could we could form a, a strong community, um, but specifically with um, serving our community in regards to um, not just cutting hair, but serving our community by taking it just beyond cutting hair, but investing in the lives of business owners and the neighbors. And yeah. Um, Something I've watched you do that, uh, my office is in the same area that yours is. So, um, something I've watched you do that's been pretty impressive is not just your clients or the business owners or the people who can come in and make you money. Isn't all that you give your attention to though. Uh, more than once through that window, um, you see people who are currently houseless and you happen to have one of the best overhangs in downtown Mesa, a little patio. Uh, so if it's raining, people can go underneath there or, um, so a lot of times business owners are, are very connected to the people that they can get resources from, mm-hmm. right? That they can make money off of. That's kind of what you're doing. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to hustle for the common good. Yes. But especially for the people that can help compensate you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've given some of your attention to the houseless community that gathers outside of your shop. Um, yeah, that's a little bit unique. Yeah. So what is it that's drawn you into that particular, cause you have a physical space and you say, no, whatever happens in this physical space, I want to be in charge of mm-hmm. helping to care for. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of shop owners in downtown Mesa try to get those people to move on and you seem to engage with them in a different level. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Um, we're all in a place where no matter where you're at from an economic status or whatever your living situation is, a lot of people are searching for rest. Um, and I'm looking to give everyone that experiences the barbershop an experience of rest. Um, whether that's coming in and getting a haircut and taking time to relax from your work day on a lunch break. Um, it could be that you've been carrying your stuff or wheeling your stuff around. Uh, Mesa for a couple hours and just need a place to cool off and get some AC or get some shade under the awning or you know, you're going to a resource center or a job interview and you need a place to keep your stuff um, so you don't have to take your luggage into a job interview. Um, so part of that is a lot giving a space in the midst of a busy city, in the midst of a busy lifestyle and a busy area so that all people can find a little bit of rest, whether that's for half an hour, um, 10 minutes, or a couple hours in the afternoon to be able to sit down and find some rest. Um, and that that crosses all boundaries, regardless if you're paying for something um, or not. Um, and part of it, too, as well, is we want everyone that experiences the barbershop or comes in or around the barbershop to have a positive experience, whether you're paying for a haircut or not. You know, like for kids, um, you know, a little brother might be getting a haircut, but you know, he's got two little sisters. Um, we've got toys and soft comfy chairs and an aquarium so that people can enjoy even though they're not necessarily giving a haircut or getting a haircut or being a paying customer. That's cool. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. I was out there actually today uh, on my way out, and a dude, Chris, was out there, and uh, I'd met him actually last night, and uh, he was there, and... Just to, I always ask people what like made them stop there, and uh, they heard that that was a spot they weren't going to get hassled by the shop owner. I said, well, to be fair, like nobody's even in their shops right now, but uh, the reputation he had heard from another dude who hadn't been run off by you was that as long as you weren't causing problems, he could hang out in front of that 
on that picnic table and you wouldn't run them off. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, we're, we're all trying to find literally just had that conversation last night and this today again with this dude. So, which is, that's really cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You would have never known that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, but I mean, it just goes to show that every, everyone's trying to find some rest. Um, and if rest looks like not being hassled and just taking a 10 minute or an hour breather, then it sounds great. Cool. I'm going to keep moving because I try to keep these at a certain time because I've done one of these before and it went over. So, um, three questions for you. Okay. First one, uh, your favorite basketball team is unfortunately, I'm sorry, is <laughs> Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix course. Suns. So if your barbershop was a Phoenix Sun player, both present or in the days past, which Phoenix Suns player would your barbershop be? Oh boy. Um, a lot of the marketing books will say, or a marketing book says that you need to be have a purple cow, meaning you need to have something unique about you that no one else has. Um, and one of my most memorable Phoenix Suns players is Sean Marion because his purple cow of a free throw technique, <laughs> the two-handed spin and throw was just, I can Sean Marion's shot was something that every coach must have tried to correct at some point, right? Right. Like, was, and he was great. But he was great. You might remember it, and yep. it was there. So He was a purple cow. So, so. you'd be Sean Marion. Yep. I absolutely. love it. All right. Um, two more important questions. That was really important, too, because it shares a lot about you. And you came up with one really quick. I'm impressed. I've thought about that question. Have you really? Well, kind of. That's a what? Purple, the purple cow idea. Like, Sean Marion, to me, is a purple cow of an NBA. All right. You should tweet him that. Um <laughs> Uh, so you came time to name your barbershop. You picked a spot downtown Mesa. You said, that's where I live. That's where I work. That's where I play. Like, I want to be in this part of this community. I want to mm -hmm. be part of the fabric of it so that, uh, people can find rest, not just those who are elite, but all people can come mm -hmm. in and find a place of rest, whether mm -hmm. or not they're getting a haircut. This can be a spot for them to come and kick it. Right. Yep. Uh, find community that matters. Um, so you have to name your shop, right? Mm -hmm. And it was named Jerry's Barber Salon. Jerry's Barber Salon uh, right. for how many years? Uh, I think since 2004. Uh, the barbershop's been there since 1946. That's a little while. Yep. So it comes time to change the name, right, though, because you're not Jerry. Right. Uh, and so when Kenzie and I were talking about this, my daughter, who's eight, um, mm -hmm. younger than that, when you started this thing, but that doesn't matter, she assumed that you'd name the shop Daniel's Barbershop, and that's what she was expecting it to be the first time we showed up. The shop is not called Daniel's Barbershop. Right. What is it? And you've got a story behind it. So, yep. Apparently, everything you do is super purposeful. So, uh, peel back the wizardry. Couple, couple layers. Couple layers. Tell um, us about the name. Tell us about the story. Tell us about why it is not Daniel's Barbershop. Yeah. So, uh, the name of the barbershop is Fritz's Barbershop. Um, Fritz is my nephew. Um, and before getting into Fritz and his his story um to me i didn't want to just name something after a particular area like downtown barbershop for downtown mesa um to me it's much it's much better and much more of a rich connection if it's named after a person it has this a face connected to it um because as soon as you associate something with a face that you know um you it becomes much more welcoming and rememberable um, rather than just a generic area or something like that. My barbershop growing up was Elmo's. 
Elmo, Elmo person. El- Elmo was the barber. It wasn't like that little red guy. It was Elmo was the barber, and Elmo had like three haircuts that he did. One was a buzz. Short, short, and shorter. Uh, it was pretty close to it. The other one was like a zero fade. Before that was a thing. He just cut it super short and and it left a little bit on top. And then yep. he did bowl cuts. Yeah. So that was my Elmo experience. But it was very similar. Like I still remember my barber's name growing up because it was his shop. Right. So it just reinforces the the connection to a person. It makes that place a lot more memorable. Um, but specifically with Fritz, um, Fritz um, was diagnosed at a very young age with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a neuromuscular um, disease that over time will start to deteriorate your body Mm -hmm. uh, because he's missing a a particular sequence of exons. Sorry to get a little scientific here. You good? But exons are located in your DNA, in your DNA sequence that make up who you are. Uh, So if you're missing a particular combination, such as what Fritz has, um, you have something like Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Um, so it was a way to, one, associate a kind, um, beautiful person to a business, mm. but then, two, to honor Fritz, his family, and the other families of boys who are battling um, Duchenne muscular dystrophy uh, every day. Um, so we have a, a motto that we live by and have adopted from their family called strength is more than muscle, meaning to demonstrate strength and loving your neighbor is much more than just um, your stereotypical thinking of bronze and muscular, but it's particularly in the sh- in the uh, excuse me in the um, story of the barbershop. It's strength is loving on downtown Mesa and serving them. So it's incredible. It's a really cool story, and yeah, I think you've done. I would never know what Duchesne's was without you guys being a part of that. I would have no clue. So now yeah. when I see. Uh, your wife has a tattoo on the back of her arm that is the, is that like the? Yeah, it's the sequence of exons that Fritz is missing in his, in his DNA. So I've seen that on a few cars now, and I know I absolutely know what it is because yep. I recognize it from that, and yep. uh, I would have no way of known. So even in your mission to do that and make that known, you're accomplishing it, at least with me. Yep. Um, so you, right now, though, your shop, we're right down from it, and there's a sign hanging in the front window saying uh, that you're not open. So you recently had to make the tough call, even before the governor of the fine state of Arizona decided he was going to shut down um, salons and barbershops. Mm-hmm. You had made that decision. Yep. Maybe to help us just process a little bit what that's been like for you as you uh, have to hit pause on your dream of loving your neighbor through a barbershop to love your neighbor a different way by not having a barbershop open in this unique moment. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be all put together and all perfectly um, written out, but... What's that been like for you as you had to come to make that decision with your other barbers and then now living into that as a small business owner with the doors closed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, specifically with um, the season that we're in with COVID-19 and various things like that, um, I'd come to realize that one of the best ways to love my neighbor was to distance ourselves Mm -hmm. um, from them. Um, Just because like, Obviously, in a barbershop, like we come in close contact with people, uh, and we're one of the few prof- professions in the world that are allowed to touch people. Um, so obviously, we're in close proximity uh, with others. Um, so knowing that, um, and leading up to, and feeling the pressure uh, internally of what do we do? Um, yeah, thinking of all sorts of factors as far as like 
my income and my family, uh, my time, the, the relationships that I've built, whether it's with clients or people who just come and find rest in the barbershop, um, to thinking about the other barbers that work there and their kids and their families and their jobs and their responsibilities. Um, yeah, so those couple of days um, leading up to when we closed um, was pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Um, in some of those things, I mean, we decided to close the barbershop because we felt it was socially responsible and the best way of loving our neighbor was to socially distance ourselves, as we're saying now, and keeping out of that close proximity so that we can love them, but that by not passing on a particular illness or virus, um, to them. Um, and it was tough too, to think about, you know, I was talking to a friend the other night about this, that, you know, we're just over a year, um, being in downtown Mason, being in business. And we had just felt like we had gained a stride in regards to establishing relationships within the city. Yeah. Uh, whether that's with other business owners or people who work for the city of Mesa or also internally with scheduling and numbers and um, having aspirations of serving our customers in certain ways and having things on the calendar um, and having to cancel them. And all of that was kind of abruptly um, stopped. Um, and I did realize, too, that we we had closed probably even within our, we closed, I think it was a week and a half or two weeks before um, the governor had officially mandated all barbershops being closed and salons and such. Um, but even before that, we had been pretty much a solid week, if not maybe four or five days before a couple other people and uh, barbershop owners that I know that closed. Um, and it was one of those things, trusting, um, not necessarily my gut, um, but what the spirit was telling me to do in regards to no one else is doing this yet, and that's okay. And trusting what was um, being told to me internally and being obedient to that, even though it was different than everything else or every, what everyone else was doing. Yeah. Are you at all worried about being able to open the shop up again whenever this gets lifted? Or will, di- will Fritz's be here? As far as, I mean, I'm planning on opening up. I mean, things are certainly going to be different and something that we've talked about in a couple circles of mine of it's like we're going to be coming out of an ice age and coming into a new way of of living Mm. that wasn't the same prior. I mean, there's going to be artifacts and systems in place that are the same. You know, your core values and all those things will be same, but fundamentally will be the same, but we're going to be doing things differently. So the barbershop's going to be here for a long time. Um, but yeah, certainly things will look a little different, but the barbershop's not, not going to go anywhere. Uh, we had actually just talked yesterday, a couple friends of ours or family members of ours that we never did a grand opening and we never did a one year anniversary kind of celebration. Yeah. So I think we're going to do like a re re grand opening when we get back Okay. and just party it up and celebrate. Yeah. I love it. That's good cool. thing. Yeah, the city's definitely a better spot because you're down here. Um, I know your Halloween costume was Mr. Rogers, and yep. uh, part of the role that you play even in the city is a presence that brings people together in a positive way. And so I'm glad to be a part of a city where you are a barbershop owner. Me too. Cool. Um, anything else you want to say? 
I don't think so. Great. Uh, if you if somebody wanted to check out your work and they wanted to see what it is you do, or even just uh, the way you approach the art and life of a barber, how would they find you? Smoke signals? Uh, snail mail. Snail mail. Um, we're located in downtown. If you want to come see us at the barbershop, uh, we're located in downtown Mesa, across the street from the Natural History Museum. It's the city museum with a giant dinosaur busting out of the side, which is incredible, by the way. Is really cool. Uh, you can pan for gold and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can find us on any social media platform except for TikTok because I just don't understand it. Dude, your barbers doing TikTok would probably be amazing. It'd be far better than pushing a broom on the sidewalk outside of your shop. I know, but I just don't get it. Couldn't you see I don't even Adam know how to work Kirsten it. doing like a voiceover? I don't even know what that is. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's not the point of this. Exactly. You're not on TikTok. But exactly. You are on other things. What would I look for? Uh, you look for Fritz's Barbershop and you'll be able to find us. Um, and then you, Fritz'sBarbershop.com, of course, you can get a little more in depth in regards to the services that we offer, um, bio on myself and the other two barbers. Uh, but you can also check out a deeper meaning into Fritz and Friends, which is a nonprofit um, named and started by uh, Fritz's family and get much more in depth on the story of Fritz and his family. Um, what Duchenne muscular dystrophy is and ways in which you can bring strength to them, to the barbershop and to other families battling Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, man. Thank uh, you. We'll have you back to tell more about your favorite barber styles. Uh, the secret of the massage. Oh boy. If you get freaked out using straight razors on people's necks. Okay. And your worst slip up ever, but that won't oh be boy. today. So we'll have you back again. All right. Sounds good. Adios. Thank you.